A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some fine guests. Uh, we also kept an eye on uh, an old friend, Mike Parry, in isolation. We're keeping an eye on him. Um, he, he turned his attention to poetry, and he tried out for a new... Very uh, nice. He tried out for a TV show, a well-established TV show. We, we warmed him up for that. Um, we had another top guest on, didn't we, from the world of radio? Bob Harris, one of my heroes. Uh, Bob came on and uh, talked to us about a special birthday message he'd received from somebody in football last week. You'll hear that. Jamie Mackey used to be a neighbour of mine. He uh, apparently still is. I didn't realise that. And uh, he came on and told us what he's been up to in lockdown and making some incredible viral strides with his uh, TikTok uh, videos. Yeah. I sound like a high court judge there, didn't I? And yep. Steve Bruce and his uh, murder mystery. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and our road trip, uh, I think it was day two, wasn't it, in Bordeaux it was. from 2016. Bit of fun there. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. I've just checked the runners and riders in the arse lottening stakes. And yes. uh, there are only five. Well, five horses and five carts. Okay. So uh, I don't know if they come in for a pit stop. I haven't got a clue. Do they play the steptoe music as they as they go around the parade <laughs> ring? It's Hercules running. Quite... I'm, I'm going to have a fiver on Hercules. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's just not? a bit it's of a fun because we're doing this because sweet. We're going to bring you proper racing from Happy Valley. It's live on Talksport Two throughout the afternoon, and we'll uh, join a simulcast around three fifteen and bring you a bit of Rupert. Uh, doing some proper commentary, but um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's got quite big. They've seen a four hundred and sixty-five percent surge in international revenue of people having a punt <laughs> on Swedish trotting because it's one of the sports that uh, is continuing around the world. They can't believe their luck. I don't mind it. I've I've watched it before. It's it's all right actually. It's it's quite exciting. Anyway, I should say uh, <clears throat> a very happy birthday on Monday yeah. to Rosie, Britain's oldest penguin. Uh, she's a Humboldt. <laughs> Penguin, yeah, and uh, uh, the bird's home, uh, Sowerby Hall and Gardens near Bridlington, is close to the public. But the staff will hold a small private function. I don't know if that's uh, canapes and uh, stuff. Fish, like I imagine fish, fish based canapes. A raw fish buffet, I think. Yeah, raw fish buffet. I had done, so that should be fun. Uh, and congratulations. Uh, be- before to you. you carry on, Andy, um, what's the, how old is uh, Rosie Humboldt? Lovely girl. She goes bingo with my nan. How old? <laughs> how old is how old is thirty? Okay, 30, so I'm just, yeah. I'm just looking this up. Uh, lifespan of a Humboldt okay. penguin. It's 15 to 20 years. So that's impressive. That is, she's basically had an it's, extra life. Uh, that's, 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 it's whiskey and porridge. She is that what's kept her going? Your glass of red wine <laughs> and being happily married for all those years. So there we are. Yeah. 
Um, Interesting news yeah. from uh, Newcastle, Paul. Of course, we're going to talk about it with Martin Lipton. Mm. But with uh, Saudi's human rights record, I am quite fearful for dissident journalists like Luke Edwards and Craig Hope. Well, well, they, yeah. them disagreeing with the, with Steve yeah. Bruce, that could yeah, be a problem there. Yeah, there is a serious point and, in there, uh, certainly. Well, there is a serious point in there. Uh, yeah. But less serious, well, although it's quite strange, a goat has been born with two heads and eats with both. A farmer, Jocelyn Weske from Wisconsin, US, said she was really shocked. I don't know, they're slightly worrying more than really is shocked. This, but is there this you talk go. animals? You've given us two-headed goats <laughs> and a 30-year-old Humboldt penguin. Where are you getting all this? <laughs> you, you, you subscribe to National Geographic. <laughs> News. I've even got an I've got even got another animal story if you want. But uh, yeah, well, of course, while well, you're the rule of three, isn't it? While you're on a roll, keep going. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know. No, actually, I want to clear this one with you in the break. I'm not sure about it, so I think I'll, <laughs> well, that's I'll about, go to you. That's almost certainly the last you've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, knowing Andy, knowing Andy, probably no, that is it. probably now, true. Um, I. The boffin, I tested it out on the wife, but she wasn't sure. She's, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's, anyway, um, I've got some data from uh, Oxford University. Yes. Uh, they've been looking into this uh, in lockdown, and they have seen that the perfect time to go to your supermarket to avoid queues during lockdown is between 9am and 10am on Tuesday mornings. Or rather, it was until they published this research, of course, <laughs> which is when it will now be the busiest time once people have been reading <laughs> that will, yeah. in this morning's paper. So well done, everybody. You've just completely blown your research <laughs> because I think you'll find next week it won't be. It's true. And um, what have I got here? I've oh, got yes. can, Andy, can I give you, I just give you set something up potentially today. Um, good people at John Lewis have said that their sales of clippers... Uh, have gone up to 200%. Oh, yeah. More and more people, as we've been saying before, much like me, uh, have been cutting their own hair or getting family members to do it who really are unskilled. Um, so mm. 200% increase. That is quite amazing. Uh, the National Hair and Beauty Federation, or the NHBF, as, as you probably know, uh, they represent salons, and they said that people should bear with over long hairstyles and wait for the trained professionals uh, to do it when we come out of lockdown. But they say, but if you do do it yourself, don't worry. The pros will be there within reason. <laughs> they should give yourself yeah. a number one all over <laughs> and then, uh, to, to sort it out. So um, you're, we're very lucky to have uh, oh, a trained, experienced yeah. hairdresser on this show. Uh, normally, she wouldn't be, of course, but Andy's <laughs> wife, Sue, is, a, is a, a very experienced hairdresser. So if you need any tips, serious or otherwise, but if you're thinking of going for it, and you need some tips today. I mean, it's great to have this expertise. You've probably bought the clippers mm. from John Lewis, and you're thinking, shall I or shan't I? Our own producer tried to cut his own hair, and he did quite a nice <laughs> job at the front, but apparently tried to cut the back of his own hair. I mean, that's, that's virtually impossible, idea. isn't it? And he hasn't <laughs> got a skin head yeah. or anything. And he, <laughs> he's not, he wouldn't show us the back, and he wouldn't show Sue the back either, which is, which is not a good no, sign. So That, that is quite worrying. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Uh, with your, um, you, if you need some tips from Sue this afternoon, ask Sue, hairdressing expert on the premises with Andy, and uh, yeah, get in touch this afternoon. Interestingly, in Spain, where the, a certain amount of people, the lockdown is slightly, yeah. which is good to hear, uh, amongst the key workers allowed back into society are hairdressers. Would you believe that? It's is amazing, that right? isn't it? So, well, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it's all part of maybe feeling yeah, it's logical. Yeah. good about yourself. But they are very close, aren't they? There's someone that mm. can't even socially distance easily. I mean, unless we saw that yeah, old viral but, clip but of not, the boat with his shears. 
Yeah, not salons, but hairdressers that go around to people's houses, that sort of idea. Okay. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hi, y'all. I'm Pamela Pepkin, and you're about to do Pamela Pepkin's Quarantine Workout. Wash your hands. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Now, if you have heard that before, and you think, where have I heard it before? Probably um, somewhere on uh, social media recently, because it's gone viral in the shape of uh, the uh, Oxford United frontman, Jamie Mackey. Him and his daughter did a lovely little uh, TikTok uh, routine. So if you hear that song, you can only see Jamie in his skimpies and a headband. Uh, and he, he joins us now, uh, and his old neighbour. Good afternoon, Jamie. Afternoon, guys. How are we? Yeah, we're not too Good, bad. Thanks. Are you missing Andy? I'm, 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 having him, I'm, not having him well, round the corner. I'm, I'm still round the corner as he goes. Oh. So he's still my neighbour. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, I, I never Where actually moved. Well, I'm not. I'm not underneath now. I'm down the literally about two minutes walk down the road back to um, where we originally were. So I'm still. I'm still in Chiswick. Yes, yeah, so I'm, oh. I'm in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to ask you when you lived here, Jamie, in this area where I live. Did you have your own bins, or did you used to put your rubbish in our bins? Because I caught the bloke that's living there now putting his rubbish in our bins, and I thought, oh, shall I tell him off? And I thought, no, I'm going to speak to Jamie. I'll find out whether he's got the right to put his rubbish there. Yeah, I reckon you need to tell him off, mate. I don't think we put our rubbish in there. I certainly wouldn't have put my rubbish in your bin, you know that. I think, yeah, <laughs> well, there you I, go. I'm, not, I'm not so sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we had our own... Our own. We, we were just renting that place. Our house was getting renovated. That's why I was, that's why I was close to you. I, I'm pretty sure we had our own bin. We certainly do now, and I think my wife's looking to throw all my gear in there, actually, and especially when I wore the other day. <laughs> oh yes, now well, ours, ours hasn't been ours hasn't been uh, collected for over a week, so it's, a, okay. it's almost a, not almost. It is a health hazard. Can't, can't we take this store... up with the council, ideally, Andy? Or... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to store two bins in my bag, in my boot. So you I'm want, dropping uh, them around your place, Jamie. Jamie, have, yeah, have you got any <laughs> yeah. spare capacity in your bin, Jamie, at the moment? Andy can pop around. Look, I can come and collect it to you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what a service he offers! It's great, isn't it? Of course, Marvelous. yeah. <laughs> Now there anyway, you are. You go got your, you got your 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 lemon Nike vest on, a pair of a yes. pair of camouflage shorts, and a lovely headband. And you and your daughter doing a lovely uh, TikTok dance to the song we just heard. So how did that all come about? Oh, so basically we we're obviously um, sort of we're all, we're all in isolation, so that means no training for us. So me and about six of us at Oxford, they. Um, sort of different group chat and just because we've got plenty of time in a day every day we kind of do a new challenge that that sort of compiles of all different things you get a turn to say challenge i mean like one of them was to shave your head there's all all, all number of challenges just to keep us a bit entertained in the day one of them was a tiktok dance and i thought oh that's a touch my daughter does tiktok and she's a whiz on it loves it so i thought um no problem and now my wife and I had seen a workout video in America, which was that one. Mm. Um, so we said, come on, we'll give that a bash. So did it. Uh, good, good fun. And uh, we cracked it onto the group chat. And I did have social media at the time myself. Um, but my, my good mate, um, who's on the group chat, didn't. He, he put it on Twitter. And he said, um, he said dive on there because it, it's funny. People think it's funny. So I looked at it and obviously it was just meant for our group chat originally. And, it, and obviously loads of people saw it. And it's... it's you know, it's just good, good fun, good banter, and uh, my was unbelievable at it. And I'm, uh, 
I'm getting tagged along and I'm not unbelievable at it, as you can see. <laughs> I've had nice moves, no, I thought. I thought. I thought your moves are good. Yeah, 1.5 so, million yeah. people have watched it. I mean, that's impressive. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I, I, I guess that's, a, yeah, that's crazy. I think, like I said, it was just meant for the group chat and just some good banter. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's great, isn't it? I've been, I'm glad people have been able to laugh at it and... Um, and, and had a bit of fun while obviously it's, it's quite a downtime at the moment and everyone everyone's indoors and sort of like, uh, you know, need a bit of entertainment at the minute. Yeah. On, on a more serious note, um, we've been hearing about deferrals for players' wages uh, today in uh, Leagues 1 and 2. Um, what situation are you boys in at, at Oxford at the moment? Because I think you're out of contract at the end of the season, which complicates things, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean... I'm out of contract at the scene. We've been talking about um, extending my contract. But, um, obviously, then then this all happened. And obviously, there's far more important things for the club to sort out than that. And I'm, I'm sure that will get sorted um, when, when it needs to be. But as as far as deferrals and, um, or anything other than that, we haven't, we haven't had those discussions at club, as club level yet. Um, I think that it's going to be, uh, from what I understand it hasn't been clarified yet anyway that each club may be in different situations i know that as it stands clubs in a uh, decent situation at the moment um we haven't had a conversation about any deferrals obviously that may be coming and mm. on a daily basis we're in touch with the manager and the football club and they've been great lads in terms of communication and a link uh, at this time so we log on most mornings to a to a conference call and we'll get filled filled in with the later. So um, obviously I've seen I've seen what's been put out there. So maybe those conversations are coming, but we'll we'll have to discuss that as a group uh, when it does come. Yeah, of course. Now I'm sure these are really worrying times for for everybody in in the game at that level and their families. I mean, I don't know your financial situation, but you have played at a higher level and you've earned money at a higher level. But there are probably boys in the Oxford side uh, who have played at that level all their lives and uh, it's again worrying for them worrying for everybody yeah totally I mean obviously the whole the whole thing's a worry but we're we're in a subplot in this whole this whole massive outbreak where obviously we play football and it's a different it's a very different industry to us where it's so short your career but um, yeah I play play with lads obviously who who may um, go on, I hope they do, in our squad. We've got a lot of talent and I believe a lot of them will go on. But obviously, some players obviously have humble careers and but they have them uh, as a professional in League 1 or League 2 and, and end up playing a massive amount of games. Financially, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily see you through for the rest of your life. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough time for, for the lower divisions, not just as players, but clubs, you know. It's a... The English pyramid's massive for, for the game and it's so well supported compared to other countries or divisions that um, it's obviously a worrying time for, for that and hopefully that there'll be a way of getting out of it and getting back to playing so um, the clubs are stable at the end of it. Sure. And on a football level, Jamie, it was going pretty well, wasn't it? And, uh, I mean, the whole country saw you play Newcastle in the uh, Cup, the 0-0, and then the 3-2, you know, reversing the home fixture, but running them close. And so, uh, you know, and challenging for promotion. So it's a little bit frustrating if the season can't carry on or can't be completed. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we were, we were in a really good position. I mean, I'll add that there's, 
it's such a competitive league. I mean, you look at the top of League One when it finished, there's probably, I think we're a point off second, um, but it goes down to maybe eighth or ninth might have a game in hand in us and they're only a point behind us. It's like, it's mm. so tight and we've got so much invested in the season. You get to this stage usually or, or when it finished and can kind of, you're, you're right in the midst of a, a run-in to try and get promotion and it's been stopped. So obviously that was frustrating and it's frustrating for um, everyone involved that it's not planned. There's such a, there's such a bigger picture here. We're just hoping and from, from what we're getting fed back, they're doing everything possible for us to be able to finish this season. Um, so we can have an outcome and obviously try and gain promotion because that, is our, that was our outset and we're in such a good position. So we're just hoping that when it's safe to do so, we get the opportunity to finish the season. And what I'm hearing, that's obviously what everyone's aim is as well. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, just finally, any any plans for you and your daughter to do a follow-up TikTok? Have you got, have you got, <laughs> one, in the, have you got one in the pipeline? We, we we haven't practiced another one, although saying that she she's at it the whole time and I've done plenty <laughs> with her, so maybe we'll um, maybe we'll fire another one we'll fire another one out there. You know, it's all it's all great fun, so I'm up for doing I'm up for doing them the whole time. So yeah, we'll see. Excellent, good stuff. Well, look, thanks for the laughs. Yeah. Uh, keep hope you and the family keep no safe, and uh, I know you'll and see do. Andy round by the bin soon, won't you? Oh, uh, yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. I'll help you out if I've got any Randy, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's very nice of you, Jamie. Much oh, appreciated. No cheers, cheers, Jamie. <laughs> All the best. Thanks, guys. Yeah, look Take after care. yourself. Speak soon. Cheers. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Do you remember we had Mike Ingham on last week, and uh, I said to Mike, uh, the Daily Star are raiding your book for stories, and he said, oh, I'd seen one, and there were two. Uh, they've gone for a third one now. Oh, good. Uh, England boss Gareth Southgate leaked team secrets during his playing days. Retired commentator Mike Ingham said the ex-defender used to let slip team news when Sven Goran Eriksson was the boss. He said Gareth wrote a column for a newspaper and would give them a steer. So that must have come out of his book. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, good. And uh, yes, and Steph McGovern says she talks to her plants, which is... uh, I don't know if she has to walk around... Well, I don't know if she has to walk around the portaloo in her garden that they installed we were talking about yesterday. Well, if that's it's leaking, they'll, they'll be growing. It'll be good for the roses, wouldn't it, if, um, if, if there's a problem with the old water potty, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got one for you, Andy. The excellent mm. um, Lenny James, the actor who's in Save Me Too, I think, writes it as well. He, um, he said that, um, how's he keeping fit in lockdown? Big issue, asked him. And um, he said, I was watching something the other day. I can't remember who the athlete is, but he's a long-distance runner. And because he hasn't got a treadmill in his place, he's staying in and he gets into his bath, holds onto the railing and squirts washing up liquid or soap into the bath and then slides his legs back and forward as fast as he can. No. <laughs> so Lenny says, I'm Who's doing that? that. So it does seem, I mean, if you haven't got a treadmill, it's a kind of budget <laughs> treadmill, but it sounds like a health and safety Nightmare, doesn't it? It sounds like an accident waiting to happen. But you're trying to grab bits of exercise wherever you can. And mm. uh, earlier in the, the block of flats I live, they, uh, Amazon delivered a whole load of stuff for a woman at the top of the building. But unfortunately, the lift is uh, broken. It's decided to collapse at this point, which is not ideal for those on the upper levels. And so I decided that I'd take the stuff up to her, which was a pretty mad thing to do because it had five journeys up the stairs. Yeah. Because there was a lot of stuff. But it was, I kept thinking, this is good exercise. I was absolutely finished by the end of it but there you go um <laughs> from the court circular yesterday the prince charles duke of rothsay who cares the prince Royal charles founding patron has approached the, the prince, prince charles the, Ch- the prince charles yeah. okay yeah yeah 
I mean, this is his full title, the Prince Charles, Duke of Rothsay, Royal Foundling, no, Founding, Patron of Foundling. In kind direct. <laughs> it's not a Foundling, is kind of, In this morning, held, uh, held this morning. In this morning? What are you talking about, man? No, no, you said he pointlessly. This, this, shush, this morning held a meeting with Miss Teresa Tideman, Chairman of the Board of Trustees, uh, via telephone. I'm thinking, well, it's not really a meeting, it's just a telephone call. But never mind, it might have been. They didn't say whether it was Zoom or house party. Yeah, I'd like to, th- I'd like to think of the Prince Charles on house party conducting <laughs> all of his meetings. Maybe talking to his plants. Maybe just uh, <laughs> talking to Steph McGovern's plants. I've got no idea. Uh, the other sport, Andy, there's some other sports that people are punting on at the moment, Financial Times tell us. We, we tried to bring you trotting earlier on. There's been a 465% surge in people having a punt on trotting in Sweden. Um, the other thing mm. uh, they've been doing is uh, Russian Euro League volleyball. The Euro League's quite big, the volleyball. People have had a couple of quid on that. Australian greyhounds. Um, the Taiwanese basketball. So we'll touch on that as well. That's been getting a bit oh, of okay. uh, heat. And the other thing is Yele's marble runs. Have you ever seen marble runs on YouTube? It's absolutely sensational. You think it's basically is it sport? It's it is in my eyes. They do a kind of F one. It's uh, Yele. It's, uh, it's a he's a Dutch guy. Um, J E double L E S. His marble runs, and there's a sort of Formula One version of it. And the marbles are in a kind of Formula One track, like a Scalextrix track, if you like, and they're taken up. Uh, on a little kind of conveyor belt, on a sort of small escalator, all the marble, brilliantly designed, and then they go off for another lap, and they do some in different ways, and it's 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 incredibly clever. Uh, I've not even oh, seen yeah, it until I saw it. Now. They've seen their YouTube channel jump by more than a hundred thousand. But one of the boys involved, I think Dion, one of the brothers, has got the virus at the moment, so he won't be listening. He'll be doing another marble run, or he'll be convalescing. But um, we wish him well because uh, they do brilliant work. It's worth checking these things. It's clever, isn't it? It's you called Marbula One. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I've just got it coming up on there. Very the, uh, clever. Anyway, people see, have been having a punt on that. See, Rita Ora has been blasted for seeing out the virus crisis in a rented holiday home. Mm. Locals claim she's been living it up with pals at Southwest Property, 150 miles from her North London home, despite publicly backing lockdown rules. Okay. And uh, <laughs> this idea of Rita going, oh, me, I don't realize the rules apply to me. Yeah, no. They do. That's not, that's, not, that's not Rita, love. Not the Rita I know. Never met her in my life. So, anyway, although she, she does live around near me, but I've never never seen her before. So, Andy, we've got to move on because we've got Steve Bruce. Oh, okay. Uh, this is his murder oh, mystery. Good. He wrote this in the late 90s. One of three books he wrote. Uh, this is Stryker. Uh, it tells the story of Steve Barnes, the Lettersford Town Manager. Steve really did write this book, The Newcastle Boss. Uh, it's brought to life by Ian Danter on a daily basis. I think we're heading to a very exciting conclusion uh, to chapter two, which is bound to be a bit of a cliffhanger. But let's give you a feel for what's happened so far. There's been a murder, basically. One minute, I'm in the locker room with the dead boy, and the next thing, I'm in my office, dazed. There was a knock on the door. Julie, she showed in two guys they were police officers. I was there, Eddie Carberry said. When the murder happened, I saw him, bending over poor young Duffy, and the murder weapon in his hand. Did you place the knife in his back? Shannon asked. Be serious, I said. Murder is a very serious matter, Shannon said. I too was coming to understand the seriousness of my position. So there we are. Yes, Steve's been implicated in the murder, standing over the body of his star striker with a knife in his hand, but claiming, of course, that he didn't do it. So the police are 
are interrogating him at the moment, and this, this is where we're at. What happens next? I can tell you when Pat Duffy died, I said loudly, to within ten minutes at least. I think I should warn you, Chief Inspector Shannon said gravely, that you are not obliged to see anything. And we're not charging you with anything either, Shannon added. He coughed. Hopefully that wasn't COVID-19. Sergeant Witterson took out a notebook and a tape recorder. Tell us everything from the time you arrived here this morning, Shannon said, to when you found, as you say, the body of Patrick Duffy. Hang on, wasn't he in Dallas? Keep to the facts. Take your time. You suspect me of killing young Duffy, don't you? I said. Just the facts. Keep to the facts, Witterson said. Why the hell should I want to kill Duffy? I asked angrily. Why should anyone want to kill him? That is something we have to establish, Mr. Barnes, Shannon said. His words sent a shiver down my spine. It was the formality of my surname now. I exhaled breath. Well, you have to, don't you? Suddenly, breathing did not come easily. Okay, the beginning. I arrived at the stadium early this morning, I always do. I plan to get some office work done before going to the training ground with the squad. Was Duffy a member of this squad? Shannon asked. Very important, I said, especially today. We were going to work on strategies to get the ball swiftly out of defence up to the front runners. Duffy is a striker, a, a front runner. Carry on, please, Shannon said politely. I didn't have time to continue. At that very moment, the door burst open. No knocking, no introductions. The intruder was very angry. What the hell is going on here? He shouted. What's happening, Steve? Has everyone gone stark staring mad? I stood up. Shannon and Widdison did the same. That's the way people behave when confronted by an angry man. Especially when the angry man is the chairman of the club. And when he's worth more millions than you and I have had good dinners. Or even hot dinners. But for some reason I've written good dinners here. I want explanations. Sir Lawrence said to the two detectives and I want them pretty damn quick there we are thrilling it's great that Steve is able to revisit it and then basically some you know sub it as he goes <laughs> yeah. like the director's cut it's very good isn't it yeah. <laughs> loving the ad libs there from Steve yeah. and uh, I think I, I think Dance is right I think he's detected a, a sort of Dallas influence there because you've got Barnes Digger Barnes you know what was his, his, he was uh, JR's uh was he brother-in-law? I never watched Patrick it. Cliff Barnes, wasn't he? Oh, it was Cliff. Cliff Barnes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Patrick Duffy, of course, he's right, who was also in yeah. Dallas. It's a touch Played derivative. Patrick Ewing. I think Steve would... Uh, there'll be a character called JR popping up a little bit uh, later on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, throughout lockdown, we've been uh, dipping into uh, the archive and taking you on a few road trips from back in the day. We took you to uh, Rio in 2014, and uh, we're now in France 2016 for the Euros. This is the way the show started on uh, day two of the shows. I think we were in Bordeaux at that time, Andy, weren't we? So uh, we were, here it yeah. all is then. This is how it unfolded, day two over in France. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, a great experience. I've really enjoyed it so far. Saturday went to the game, if you didn't hear us yesterday. That was really good fun. And that was uh, the Belgium versus Belgium, uh, Ireland game. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, you're right, the Irish have finally gone home after attempting to bounce footballs off passing cars. Yeah, that's right. It didn't go <laughs> oh, down no. too well with the locals. It didn't, but uh, <clears throat> actually quite a few joined in. And, look, <clears throat> uh, you know, we keep hearing what uh, good uh, tourists they are from a football point of view. And that was backed up today by a... Uh, in the hotel reception, uh, there was uh, uh, just a board put up. This is what it says. It's from hmm. um, Fabian and Captain Alex and Nabil and uh, Stefani. They all worked in the bar, right? Oh, yeah, and they all great. looked after the Irish yeah. fans. And so they've gone out of their way to do a handwritten banner. Yeah. And it says, thank you, Irish guys. You are the best. Good luck for the Euro. Have a good trip in your bus to Lille. Enjoy. Come on, you boys in green. Oh, very so, yeah. nice, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know many other sets yeah. of fans. Don't worry that. about getting the Wi-Fi fixed or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, just write them. Right. Just write them nice yeah. messages. We've not had Wi-Fi in the hotel for two days, but you know you've got some <laughs> colour pencils, and that's all that matters. But I suppose it's a sign of what good uh, tourists. 
Morris they are. But despite the lack of fruit and veg, the scurvy hasn't quite kicked in yet. You've got mild scurvy. <laughs> Just yeah. a mild mild case. That's right. But no more steak and <laughs> chips, I think, is the order of the day. <laughs> but it has been... Uh, you were, this morning were very interesting, because it's quite difficult well, to I find get, that hard to believe, you know, but carry on. It's quite difficult to get cabs here in Bordeaux. We wanted to get a, uh, a cab to the... Because it's quite a little way out the City of Wine uh, Museum. Yeah. Uh, the tram does go there, but it takes quite... Well, you can walk quicker than the tram, really. Yeah. But they're very nice. And... Oh. Uh, uh, Basically, one time we trying to hail a cab. One time you try to hail a police car. Which well, I, I did. I saw something with a. I saw something with a light on top of it, and I thought, "Is that a cab?" So I just about to put my hand up, and then I saw police. But of course, you put your hand out, and the police car will stop. Well, so they're going to say, "What's wrong?" And I'm going to say, "Sorry, I thought you were a cab." And if I was a copper, I'd have me over the bonnet for that because that's an insult. Isn't it? Well, they may have given us a lift. It's a bit of entente cordiale. Yeah. Uh, now, you've got this thing. You've got this new section called France would be a great country if it wasn't so French. Mm. I mean, you're a kind of moose light. You're not well, going to have a whinge, are you, about no, our actually, hosts? Well, no, no, really. It's just the, the, the hotel where we're staying. The, yeah. The, it's, it's fairly typical. The, there were so many Irish fans trying to use the internet. They burned out the, the... Is that what it was? Is that, yeah. is that what's happened? Burnt they out, burnt out the internet. They burnt out the router. And so normally, you know, you big hotel, you big group... You'd have, a, you'd have a, somebody on standby to come and yeah. offer all your technical needs. And it kind of right. went Saturday evening, didn't it? Yeah. I, I'm finding it hard to believe. I'm, I'm, I'm not technically minded, but I'm finding it hard to believe the Irish burnt out the router. That's what the bloke told us in the hotel. Is that what he said? He's just making it up. No, he isn't. And, well, he might be. Actually, I'm saying, no, he isn't. How do I know? He yeah. made it up completely. So that's what happened. Anyway, it's not worked for yeah. 36 hours, is it? And basically? instead of getting somebody in to fix it, they just kept... Ah, Monday. We'll Gallic, see. Gallic shrug. It was the Gallic shrug. Although right. in the uh, in the fan park last night, that was so French. Two women, one sitting there watching the football, eating a steak tartare, and the other with a plate of charcuterie. Yeah, unwashed. Now, that, yeah. <laughs> now normally at uh, the fan parks, you don't. But right at the back of the Bordeaux, they are gourmands, aren't they? You get oh, at the yeah. back of the fan park, and there was a proper calf. Yeah, a, a, and really good yeah. food and good wine. It looked um, very nice. And it wasn't a corporate. It was it was a punter's place. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we never we had a quick beer and cleared <laughs> off, didn't you, we? Last night in the restaurant, you were quite... Uh, you went a bit Jilly Gordon when the wine came. You went. You said it was licorice It was lic- <laughs> And what What did you smell? Licorice. See? <laughs> you were just getting ready for today. Now, come on, we can't put it no, off any longer. Jamie off Vardy, off. now we all know that Jamie Vardy is uh, a big fan of the chewing tobacco. Our, our own Nigel mm. Adley had a chat with him about... Uh, uh, the habit, and he said, everybody seems fine with it. It works for me, so uh, I'm going to keep on doing it. So you've went out, you, we went into a tabac, yeah. didn't we, last night? We found one open. I said, avez-vous uh, tabac? Avez-vous? avez-vous? You might sound like your granddad from Hull. <laughs> avez-vous le, le tabac pour la bouche? And uh, he understood exactly what That's I meant. That's nice, the tobacco for the mouth. Yes. Tobacco for the mouth, that's and, good, uh, okay? Yeah. But it says it's uh, tobacco. What's I, it called, Andy? What's the, the brand name? Uh, Macla Ifrica. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could be the strong stuff. Ça produit de tabac pour nuire à votre santé. It's not good for your health. Yeah, we no, need okay, that. Thanks very, very much. much. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I've gone to the internet, which is always useful. Yeah. Uh, Google. And uh, it says here... Because we're not sure how to, how to, no. how to ingest use, this stuff, are we? No. How do you use chewing tobacco? And here are the steps. Okay. Uh, step one, open up the can of chewing tobacco using your hand. What I'm going to use a tin opener. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. <laughs> That's right. Like War of the Worlds. <laughs> Pack the can. What? In my suitcase? What are you talking about? Yeah. Grab a pinch of the tobacco. Okay, oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, here we oh, go. You do the same. Oh, God, it's foul. <laughs> oh, God, it looks disgusting. So you just take a little pinch of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really, I'm not great with it. And then what do you do with it next? Put the pinch of tobacco. God, it smells vile. <laughs> vile. <laughs> God. Honestly. Oh, it, 
Man, <laughs> we got to put this in our mouth. I think he's caught. I think he's seen this coming, don't you? So what? Um, <laughs> and so what do you do? You just put the pinch of tobacco between your lips and your gums. Jamie, mate. Jamie, father, you can't, oh, no. you can't be having a party with that, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm not coming to any... Don't spit on the floor. There's a carpet in it's this a, room. Wait till the juice is built up in your mouth. Yeah, I'll be... Hang on, I'm sticking with it. I'll be vomiting. Oh, no. God, it's, it really burns as well. It stinks. <laughs> oh, no. You're supposed to swallow it or spit it out. <laughs> spit it out. Don't swallow it, for God's sake. I've swallowed it now. No, you haven't, have you? Yeah, by accident. Oh, God. Anybody, oh, no. anybody got somebody else to do this show tomorrow? Really? <laughs> if Mrs. Mrs. V is listening this afternoon, she's travelling around France. Oh. Have a word with him. I mean, he's not got you trying it as well. It's terrible stuff. Oh, dear. Store, oh. store your unused dip in a cool place. Yeah, in a dustbin, mate. Mm. That's where it's going. Okay. Uh, what else have you I got did love. I could see us his underpants. <laughs> yes, I, no, um, I didn't love not, those. Not his personally, but we, we were in uh, Gallery Lafayette, weren't mm. we, Andy? Yeah, we were. Uh, popped into this shop the other day because Andy was looking for a certain brand of smellies that they only sell in France. He's that fussy. He's that, he's, he's that urbane man about town smell that he likes. Yeah. And there we saw a picture of Ike Casillas, the, the great uh, Spain goalkeeper there, uh, adorning a display. He's got his own display in the shop. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he sells his own uh, uh, undercrackers. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, yeah. They're really, I mean, they're kind of... Iker's undercrackers. They're, you know, they're, they're in the, they've, they've got his name on the band. They're nice. Oh, yeah. uh, they're a quality item. And a, a, a portion of the money goes to his uh, foundation. So for a good cause. But, yeah. uh, oh, now I know that I might buy a pair. Yeah, quite. Well, should we do that? Yeah. And you can model them tomorrow along with the... <laughs> Uh, the red robe yeah, that's the hanging in the, the corner of the room here. Producer's desperate to get me into a, a sort of shocking pink dressing gown. I don't <laughs> See, know really? He's, well, he's, I'll he's, leave that with the two of you. Will you put this on? He said. I said, I'll put it on. I'll do anything for, for talk sport. Well, of course you will. <laughs> yeah, there we are. So that was France back in 2016, <laughs> day two in Bordeaux. And the, the, the chewing tobacco, that was a real moment in time. I'd completely forgotten. That was a big deal for about a week at a Euros. And Jamie it was. Barley yeah. was on the chewing tobacco. I, again, it just completely forgotten about that it was a bit like when you used to go to a party as a kid and you pick up the wrong can and it had a cigarette in it yeah <laughs> you know what and it was bit a True. bit like that i couldn't see i don't I hope he's not still doing it jamie he's not going to extend his career is it really that that's all no. stuff vile the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. We'll come back to that music a little bit later. Had they gone on. early with uh, that? <laughs> sorry? Had they gone early with that one? Yeah, they have gone thing. early, but it doesn't matter. We can I cover it. So. Um, <laughs> just a touch early. Uh, Mike Brilliant. Parry in lockdown. We've been checking in with him uh, uh, throughout uh, the last three weeks. I'm very pleased to say uh, that he joins us now. Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, good afternoon, fellas. I tell you what, that theme music is very timely because I was catching up on uh, Mastermind last night, you know, mm. self-isolation programmes and all that, and a chap came on and his special uh, subject was Sherlock Holmes. This guy got 14 out of 14 with no passes, a record score. Wow. That yeah, is impressive. Was, wow. I know yeah, we're going to come back to it because I know that you've got a, 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 somebody was one of your um, followers on Twitter was suggesting some subjects for you, but we will come back to it. But yeah, sure. Uh, I see yeah. uh, you've you've been. You said you were going to achieve great things in lockdown. You you talked about Sir Isaac Newton coming yeah. up with the theory of gravity during the plague yeah. when he was in lockdown. <laughs> 
and, and <laughs> you've not turned to science. You've turned to the arts and literature. And I, I saw I, a beautiful poem turned, you wrote the other day. Yeah, yes, I have turned to the arts, scholars, and I want to say what an honour it is for me to use your show as a platform for the first ever public reading mm. of a poem I've written called Ode to the English Tavern. Lovely. This poem cool. is written by Porky Wordsworth Parry. That's yep. me, by the way. Mm. And it goes like this, fellas, and it's to deliver hope for the future to our, you know, our, our nation in these times. And it goes like this, OK? Yeah. Oh, to be in an English pub, an English pub in spring, the frothing ales and casks of beer and all the joys it brings... The locals standing round the bar in the wheat chief on the square. We've all got problems in this world, but not when we're in there. We see our friends to laugh and shout as the booze warms up our blood. And life's on hold for a couple of hours. That is understood. So savour the thought of a glass in your hand. Red wine, Pinot or gin? Because one day soon they'll open those doors to let us all back in. <laughs> that's a beautiful Oh, yes, poem. that's good. That's, that's really good. Well done, just, Mike. Oh, Thank fantastic. you very much, guys. I could see that's... those towels on the bar and a small... Small uh, <laughs> peanuts. Don't mention peanuts. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah. I can tell you one person who's not really missing his local pub, and that, of course, is Mr. Alan Brazil. No. Um, I mean, has we ever met a guy, professionally or personally, who falls on his feet like Alan Brazil does, you know? So yes. there he is, self-isolating, uh, on his estate in Stoffer. He's got this beautiful barn and attached houses and buildings, all that kind of stuff, sitting on the deck now, looking over the swimming pool, which he's going to sink himself into in a few minutes, and uh, that self-isolation for Al, with a steady supply of uh, refreshment being delivered by his local binder. He just gets away with it all the time. He does. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. He seems to be thriving in lockdown, as Big Alan, from what we see of his videos. Um, you, you were saying uh, earlier on that uh, you'd yeah. watched Mastermind. We're very taken yeah. by that record score of uh, 14. And Patrick yeah. McDonnell reached out on Twitter to you, and he said, Mike, what would be your specialist subject? Would it be the moon, Everton, ducks, fish fingers, <laughs> the Beatles, or yeah. something else? And you said... Um, Horatio Lord Nelson. Yeah, yes, that, that would be your specialist. That was interesting. Yes. Is, are you well, a bit of a scholar of Nelson? Well, it, it's not that I'm a scholar, but from my balcony on the coast, I mm. look over at HMS Victory. Uh, yeah. In between HMS Victory and me is the big Stavin naval warship, um, you know, the Queen Elizabeth, which births there. It's not there at the moment, but it uh, births there. And um, I have an inherent love of the sea and, and the Navy because... Where, where where my place is on the coast, my dad set off on D-Day about two miles away um, um, from just behind the Isle of Wight. And, you know, I have a whole feeling for the thing. Um, you know, I, I, I love the naval history. There's a naval history department at um, Portsmouth University. I like to go over there and talk to the lecturers and that sort of thing. So all, all, I think it's too obvious to say the Beatles. I think it's too obvious to say Everton. I think it's too easy. Yeah. To, to do a subject that you've grown up in within your life. And and what worries me is if you take your best subject as the first one and you get through, mm. then you've got to become an expert on something else. So if I got through the first, and I'm pretty 
certain I would. You know, I would yeah. uh, I, I, I would master my subject impeccably. Yeah. Uh, that's how I approach things in life. And um, and then the second round, I, I, I'd use one of the standards, Beatles or Everton, until I got to the final. Well, look, we've got... I'm, I'm trying to warm you up for getting through this third round because okay. I hurriedly knocked out ten questions on uh, Lord Horatio Nelson. Brilliant. Um, and I'm going to give you ten questions now in the mastermind style. So sure. uh, we, Should we have the music again? Better late yeah, than that'd not. Yeah, that would be great. Let's yeah. have, have the, the music right again. Time. Here we are. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. Let's have the... Is it there? Oh, marvellous. OK. I think we're going to have the... Who knew start, that was coming? We're going to have the started so I finish a bit coming up. Here we go then, Mike. You ready? Um, yes. Kind of against the clock with time pressing. Where is yeah. Nelson buried? Do you know the answer to that? Nelson buried. Yeah. yeah. You mean you mean his grave? Yeah. Yeah, his grave. <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. Where is it? It's 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 overseas. No, it's not overseas. I know exactly where it is. It's yeah. uh, he was brought back in yeah, a was. barrel of brandy to the naval college at Greenwich and then buried us in Paul's. Oh. <laughs> You're not cheating, are you, Mike? No. Okay. Well, how uh, could he be? What happened? What what happened to uh, Nelson at the Battle of Santa Cruz Santa Cruz de Tenerife? What did he Santa lose? Cruz, he lost his left arm. He did. Well uh, done. The correct. Yeah. Uh, what oh, was the name answer. of his daughter uh, with Emma Hamilton? Elizabeth. Uh, Horatia. There was a clue there. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, her second name is Elizabeth. No. Oh, okay. Who was the captain of HMS Victory at Trafalgar? <laughs> Uh, it wasn't Nelson because he was the commander of the fleet. Yes. Who was the captain? You wanted a kiss from him. No, oh, Hardy. Yeah, Thomas Hardy. Thomas Hardy. was related, actually, to Oliver Hardy. That's a useless fact. In which yeah, year, that's, that's true, yeah. in which year um, did the Battle of Trafalgar take place? The Battle of Trafalgar took place in 1805. Uh, OK, correct. Um, correct. What have we got? That's good. Uh, what, was, uh, what was erected in his honour? In 1843. In 1843, Nelson's honour, they erected the monument on Trafalgar Square. Nelson's column, that's right. In which other British yeah. city uh, do they have a monument to Nelson? Other British city, Mike? Yes, the other uh, British city was Portsmouth. It's uh, Edinburgh, unlucky. Uh, Edinburgh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> in, which county, in which county? I thought you meant English city, sorry. Oh, yeah, I on. did say British, I did qualify that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yo. In which county was he born? He was born just across the border from Suffolk in Norfolk. In Norfolk, absolutely right. OK, in what, in what age did he first become a ship's captain? How old was he? 23. He was 20. Um, and in oh, 1790... No, 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 he was a midshipman at 20. <laughs> oh, OK. Anyway, anyway, anyway go on. Yeah. 1798, <laughs> Nelson defeated Napoleon. And, of course, I started, so I'll finish. And built Ooh. his reputation in the Battle of what? A famous battle in 1798 when he beat uh, Napoleon for the first time. The Battle of Egypt. Well, that's close. It was the Battle of the Nile, yeah. I would have the taken yeah, well, Abu Kia Bay. Naval circles, no, in naval circles, of the Battle of Egypt. Well, that looked not bad, Mike. It's a start. Considering you've not done any homework yet, I think, you know, yeah. I'm not sure you didn't know it was coming. Uh, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, that's pretty good. So um, yeah. I got about anyway. nine out of ten, didn't I? I think, well, I'm not quite sure it was nine. Well, it was a tidy six or seven. Okay. I, I'd say yeah, we'll keep an eye out for you on Mastermind, but that wouldn't really feel right in considering the subject matter. We'll do the general so, knowledge next week, Mike. Yeah. We will. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Top man, Mike. Yeah, well, Lovely at all. Well, you remember, keep... Because I, I know everything, I'll be even better at the general knowledge. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Sport. 
Well, Hawksman Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Hey, Andy was telling us uh, yesterday that uh, he saw on Instagram uh, whispering Bob Harris, uh, the legendary broadcaster, having a special message sent through uh, by uh, one of the greats of uh, football, Manchester United uh, legend. And we thought it'd be great to get Bob on. And here we are, 24 hours later, we can speak with the great Bob Harris in lockdown. Good afternoon, Bob. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how, I mean, I was just looking at your uh, Twitter feed, and we know a while back you were you were quite ill, so you are in that high risk category. So that's you've obviously had to hunker down during lockdown. Yeah, exactly that. Um, once uh, I, the last program I did was about a month ago, the last live program that is, and uh, I was strongly advised from then on to basically you know, pull the shutters down and keep as uh, close to home as I possibly could. So that's what I've been doing, broadcasting from my studio here, which is where I'm speaking to you from now. It's good to hear you loud and clear, Bob. I was thinking of actually turning the volume down to you know, <laughs> sound more normal. Yes. <laughs> so, no, so I, I've gone, Paul. No, I was going to say, I've just so generally, how how have you been? How have you been coping? I say, if you are broadcasting from home, as we as we're we're doing exactly the same thing, Bob, and I think it it kind of keeps you busy and it keeps you sane at a difficult time. It's a, it's a luxury we have that a lot of people don't. You're right, exactly that actually, and uh, it gives a bit of routine, doesn't it? Which, when things are, you know, when you don't have any routine and you wake up in the morning and there's not anything to look forward to for that particular day, that's a tough one, I think. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are in that situation, and I'm sure both of you have had things that you've had to cancel or plans that have had to be changed. You know, I've definitely had to do that myself, but at least I've got my programs to rely on. I do a bit of writing here as well. So, you know, it gives me something to get up in the morning for. Plus, I'm extremely fortunate that I live in the country, so you know, I can get into the car and drive somewhere very quiet and just have a little walk in the evenings, which is what I always do, just to get a bit of exercise and keep my fitness going. And, uh, you know, just just get out and look at the countryside. It does you a world of good. Mm. It does. Now, I've got your book in front of me, Bob, and uh, we chatted about it when you came in a few years ago. And I picked out a couple of sporting references. And uh, one, of course, you, you do love Manchester United. And one story, particularly where you met Clive Tildesley, I think is a bit of a mate as well. Yeah, well, Clive and I are good friends now. Um, and as we kind of, you know, as our friendship began to develop, he began to invite myself and my son, Miles. We uh, went up with him to Old Trafford to see the Manchester United-Liverpool FA Cup third round match. Now, this would have been January, would it have been 2011 or 2012? Maybe a little bit earlier than that even. And uh, we met up with him at about 10.30 in the ITV production uh, van that they have, you know, big big old unit that they take with them. And, uh, you know, Mars and I sort of stood to the side really and just watched and listened as they planned the coverage for the day. And then we we spent the afternoon with Clive and that involved being in the tunnel when he did the, uh, or at least his colleague did the interview with uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and Kenny Dalglish was the manager of Liverpool at the time. Sammy Lee came up to me and told me how much he loved my country show, which wow. <laughs> which was you know a, a great surprise. And then we followed <laughs> <Who knew>? uh, <laughs> we we followed Clive down through the tunnel, out of the tunnel, onto the pitch. 
and uh, walked in front of the crowd, you know, in, in front of the dugout. And then there's um, uh, quite a narrow staircase where you just climb and climb and climb right up to the back of the stand. And there's a little access door as you get higher and higher into the sort of roof of the stand. And then you drop down onto the gantry and the view from up there is just, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Mm. And it was fabulous as, as we're walking, uh, as Miles and I were walking in front of the crowd, because, uh, you know, people who, who recognised me were shouting, oh, whispering, how are you doing? And all of this. <laughs> whispering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all around, it was just the most fantastic experience. And we, we were able to spend a bit of time, as it were, backstage because Clive took us to meet Paddy Crerand. I was in the same room as Bobby Charlton, but I just could not bring myself to go over and yeah. introduce myself to him. But it was it was a magical day. Well, we, we, you, it was, you had a birthday last week. Bob celebrated a birthday and you did hear from a Manchester United legend. I think we've we got that clip now. OK, so I've been playing in many messages during the course of this programme. It's been just absolutely wonderful. But... Everybody has said you've got to leave this message till the very last. I have no idea who has left this surprise message. So I'm going to press the button and here we go. Bob, Alec Ferguson here. I just want to thank you for all the support you're giving United and all these sleepless nights I've given you. <laughs> but I'm sure there were some happy times too. But most importantly, well done on a fantastic career. 70 years of age and you're going strong. I just want to say happy birthday. All the best. I know. I know. <laughs> fantastic. A whispering Bob much. impression from Sir Alex. That's fantastic. That's too much. <laughs> the uh, laughter was my son, Miles, was actually filming it in uh, the control room because mm. everybody knew what had happened except me. So Miles got, the, got his phone ready and, and filmed it. And, of course, the laughter you can hear is them watching my reaction as my mouth, you know, chin hit the floor. I thought I thought to to start with it might be Rob Bryden, right? Because <laughs> he does a great Sir Alex Ferguson. Then I I began to realise no, it it is actually the man himself. I couldn't believe it. Amazing. Funnily enough, a friend of mine knew we were speaking to you, and he said to me, "Don't do your Bob Harris impersonation to Bob." So yeah. I won't. <laughs> I could say, Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen. We all do one. We all do one. We all do. Now, I was reading. I was reading. Go on. I was going to say. I was going. We'll come back to football. I was going to move away from that because I take it you've been using the time to maybe go back and listen to some music you don't always get the chance to listen to. So is there, has there been a bit of a isolation playlist, Bob, along the way? Well, I was thinking about uh, something to recommend for your um, listeners to really give them a bit of a cheer up. I've got a, three recommendations, actually. There's a, an album that came out in 2012 by Florida Georgia Line called Here's to the Good Times. And the title of the album says it all. It's good time, country music, great songs, you know, talking about having a beer, enjoying yourself out by the lake or wherever it is, and uh, sunshine music. So Florida Georgia Line, Here's to the Good Times. Something a little more mellow, but uh, Casey Musgraves has oh, yeah. a beautiful sort of summer sounding album out called Golden Hour, which he released a couple of years ago. And it's so it's it's really beautiful to listen to and chilled. And and there's a great new single, which I can't recommend highly enough. There's a fabulous country music star called Brad Paisley, who um, 
uh, he's he's good time music, but it's also intelligent lyrics. He's got a great sense of humour, and he's put out a new single called "No Eye in Beer," because he's saying, you know, that, that everybody lifting <laughs> their glasses together. It's very much a community thing, even though we're separated. There's lots of different ways that we can come together and celebrate a couple of beers together. So that's what the new song is about. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. I should thank you, uh, Bob, for uh, recommending Casey Musgrave when I was listening to your show a few years back, and uh, she's brilliant. I absolutely love her. And I noticed that she was. Uh, you, your seventh record, Merry Go Round, which I know really well, was in your Desert Island Discs uh, list, and I'm not surprised about that. But I should ask you, just going back to the Desert Island Discs thing, that you you told Kirsty that you wanted to take a massive file of cricket statistics to the island. <laughs> I don't know how I got away with that, actually, because they said, I said, I'd like to take wisdom with me. And they said, well, we can't do that, obviously, because, you know, it's an annual book. You'd have to choose a wisdom to take. Uh, so what year would it be? And I had absolutely no idea. I said, well, if I could copy off some um, cricket statistics, um, there's there's a couple of great websites, obviously, that list all the averages from through the years. Uh, maybe I could literally print them off and staple them and bind them. And would that count as a book? And to my absolute astonishment, they said yes. <laughs> I mean, it, talk about that would give me hours and months and years of, of reading, being able to, to take that. Because, I mean, I think for all cricket supporters, I think everybody would agree that the match and the game um, itself is so important, but so are the statistics that surround it. So in other words, you know, you're looking back uh, over the records of some of your favourites from over the years and uh, to have those statistics on hand to be able to look up, you know, where, where Joe Root's batting average is at the moment, for example, um, or how Jofra Archer is coming on. I'm a huge fan of Jofra Archer, by the way, and uh, it's great to have those st statistics. And I think every cricket fan will tell you that that's very much part of the enjoyment of the game. You gave us three lovely bits of a kind of escapism there musically, but there's some songs at the moment that do take on an extra poignancy at times like this. And I was, I was reminded on day of 9-11, that evening, late that evening, they had one of those whistle test, old grey whistle test compilations. And I don't think it was accident or design. The last song that night was Curtis Mayfield, Keep On Keeping On. Yeah. And it was, it was very powerful at the time. And I was just thinking of that song again. It's, it's, it's I think song. there is a bit of a, a, a playlist, I think, uh, for the times, isn't there? That's a really good point, yeah. I mean, it is, and you're right, it's a fantastic song. And isn't it incredible the way that music can express those moments in that way? I mean, music is such a powerful thing. It, particularly when it comes to um, evoking memories from the past, you know, you can hear a song, can't you, from... I mean, for example, with me, growing up as I did in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, it was in my teens, I was 20 in 1966. Now, I can hear a song from 1962, let's say, that I haven't heard maybe for 30 or 40 years, and I can remember every single lyric line. It's amazing, mm, isn't wow. it? And that song will throw you into the memory of what you were doing at that time. It's so, so evocative. And, and music is a wonderful thing to cherish, actually. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Good old Bob. Fantastic. He was on oh, good form, Bob wasn't he? Was great, I mean, he was very ill last terrific. year, wasn't he? He was seriously ill. He had, uh, yeah, he had, seriously he ill. Great. He's, he's really... 
he's resilient. He certainly which is. is good. Good to, good to, uh, good to hear from him. Excellent. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We will. We'll be back tomorrow from one. Thanks for downloading the podcast and uh, hopefully you can catch up with us uh, live on the show tomorrow. Stay safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.